The Witch Way Spellcast with Sorceress Chisholm. Greetings, my loves, my friendly listeners on the podcast waves. My name is Sorceress Chisholm, and I am currently in Tokyo, Japan, bringing you this 14th edition of the Witchway Spellcast. Thank you for joining me. If you're new to the uh, Spellcast, welcome. And if you are a returnee, welcome back. And um, I'm very happy that the podcasts are now on Apple. That makes it a little more official. And we all like apples, especially in that garden of knowledge. But anyway... Welcome to the show, and I will be bringing you tonight's sumptuous banquet of astrology and tarot and an interview with a ceremonial magician, Rod Turola, and I have a song for you as well. How's everyone doing out there? It's the solstice. We're heading into solstice season. Woohoo! Longest day up here in the north, longest night down there in the south. Yeah, and we've got a uh, full moon in Sagittarius happening on June 14th, 2022. So I'll be telling you all about that today. Thank you so much for uh, listening and um, I hope you're comfortable. I hope you're uh, taking the time out wherever you are right now. You might be on a train, you might be on a plane, you might be sitting in your PJs. I hope you have a lovely beverage. Cheers, everybody. I'm drinking tomato juice. I'm uh, making healthier choices. I think (laughs) one of the themes of this full moon right now is uh, making healthy conscious choices. Um, The Gemini sun has been uh, activating our mental state. And uh, Mercury is direct. Hallelujah. Mercury's back. Just about. It was a pretty tough dive down into the underworld, the retrograde period that we just came out of. And uh, I wonder how everybody's doing with that. What did you all learn, huh? What came up for you? It was sort of in the wake of a big ass Scorpio eclipse, if I recall. It was kind of slow going. Things just kind of went, you know. Mercury had to go back to Taurus to, you know, cover all ground. Um, pertaining to the physical realm. And I remember um, thinking around the dark moon, it was like, ah, oh, this is the Knight of Pentacles. This is what that means. <laughs> so it was super slow going, but I'm glad that I was able to take stock of my physical wellness in um, conjunction with my mental wellness. And I hope that this podcast assists you, dear listener, in some way, shape, or form, mentally, spiritually. I know it does for me. It's been great coming down into my den and, you know, making these little podcasts every month. So, yeah, I'm going to tell you about the astrology then, shall I? I do like to start with that. All right. So we've got a full moon in Sagittarius. The sign of the centaur is a magical creature. It's half human man, half horse. And uh, the human man is the top part and the horse is the bottom part. And so the centaurs or kentaurs, depending on 
how pure you want to be about pronunciation with Greek gods, demigods, um, that were, uh, yeah, travelers, explorers, beneficent, I think the word is, most of the time. And they, um, yeah, Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter, so we are in a Jupiter kind of realm right now. And Jupiter being the jolly Jove, Zeus, you know, the the the, the big ass planet, which um, yeah, anything Jupiter touches is amplified. So yeah, we've got a lot to, to thank Jupiter for right now. And so we're working with that kind of energy. Um, Mercury is direct and that helps. The sun is still in Gemini Um, up until the solstice, which is coming up on the 21st of June. And then we shift over into Cancer territory. And uh, yeah, so Gemini has just been sort of a little bit flustered and a little, ah, I just want to get this show on the road. You know, but the Mercury retrograde definitely stopped him in his tracks and he was forced to take stock of a lot of things. And that's cool, you know, like it's important to address those things. I think the download I'm getting right now is that Gemini just wants to have some fun, you know. Out of all the signs, Gemini people are just, they're just the silliest, funniest jokers of the lot. They can spin a yarn like, you know, anyone's business and so the Sag full moon is supporting that the urge to play is strong and the Sagittarian moon is encouraging us to do so of course being uh, aware of you know the more responsible ways of going about enjoying oneself but at the same time a lot of us have been cooped up for two and a half years and are looking forward to a little bit of sunshine. Okay, all right, so Sagittarius is a fire sign, and Gemini is an air sign. They're both masculine forces. The wind and and the fire, you know. Um, There's a lot of talk going on, and there's a lot of things being said, and the blood is hot right now, you know, the fire aspect of it. And um, so this is creating some tension, and... People are kind of like, what's going on? What do I even believe anymore? You know, Sagittarius rules belief systems. Gemini rules inquiry. You know, Gemini is like the three-year-old that's like, why, 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 why? And the Sagittarius is, you know, the wise elder who imparts his or her wisdom to the youngling, right? And so that's part of it. It's like, how do we temper information and knowledge with wisdom, is kind of the, the vibe right now. We're getting a lot of information, but not a lot of wisdom. And perhaps some belief systems are, pre- are breaking down, and perhaps that's a good thing too. And it's okay to change your mind, really. If your beliefs aren't checking out, then that's okay. No one is saying that you have to keep believing that, right? And I mean, you have to just look at the religions of the planet, right? That's basically their currency is they get you to believe what they want you to believe. And anyone who says nay is like, you know, a heretic, right? So yeah, Sag and Gemini are really testing our beliefs and our, what do we think we know? What else is here? Um, Okay, good news. Speaking of Jupiter, Jupiter, Jupiter is in Aries now. 
And Aries is the go-getter. And Mars is also in Aries. And Mars loves being in Aries. It's like the two are just ready and raring to go. It's like, yep, new things. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And it's an auspicious beginning, right? Jupiter is lending that that amplification, that energy to what Mars wants to get accomplished, right? Venus is hanging out in Taurus. She likes being in Taurus. And she's been hanging out with Uranus, who's also in Taurus, who's been zip zap zipping all over the place. And this is coming up to a conjunction with the moon's north node, which is all about future influences. So that's going to be, an, in over the next two months, we'll be feeling a lot more Venus and Taurus and that will be shining its light on our future endeavors. And so perhaps you've been looking more into your feminine side and drawn to women in your life, women who are inspiring you. And what have we got here? Oh, Saturn is uh, now retrograde in Aquarius. And this is okay, though, because Saturn has been squaring off Oh, it's just been a little bit, when, when are we going to get some support here kind of thing? And finally, he's sort of taken a seat back like, right, cool. Okay. I'm going to stop grilling you <laughs> and just be, okay, these are the steps. These are the practical, um, things that you have to do in order to get this thing off the ground, right? That Mars and Jupiter are in Aries is, is encouraging you to do. Okay. So, yeah, it's an interesting time right now to be really checking in with um, what your what your what the big, what the big picture is, yeah, the future that you are bringing forth. Perhaps you're starting to really get a clearer picture of what it is that you're doing and what you really want to do. And uh, you're getting support now, and it feels good. <laughs> it feels like a relief. It's like, okay, great. Um, it's not like the world is against you so much anymore. Anyway, from my point of view, um, a lot of that has been flushed away thanks to Neptune in Pisces. That's helped a lot actually out there in the fifth dimension. So yeah, it's a very interesting time to be philosophical. Sagittarius is the philosopher. He's the explorer. He's the adventurer. Travel maybe in your future. It's a good time now to go in and double check those travel plans. Now that Mercury's direct, it should be, you know, things should be dropping now. If things have been delayed um, up until this point, you can expect things to start um, hitting the ground. So just be aware of that and just, yeah, things will start to um, come forth a lot more smoothly from here on in. Mercury's still kind of in the shadow zone for another week or so, so there might still be a few bumps and and, hits and misses, but we should be uh, getting back on track soon enough with our communications and our plans. So stay encouraged. And I reckon that will do it for the Astro for this month. Okay, so up next is our tarot card for the month. And I have our trusty Rider Waite cards. Let's see what they have to say for the month ahead, going into the solstice, going into July. What's ahead? What do we need to know? What's, what's the advice? Okay. 
Okay. Now selecting a card. The Two of Swords. Now, swords is associated with the element of air, and air is associated with the mental state. So this is a card that is telling us to be aware of our thoughts. And the woman is seated on a bench in this card, and behind her is um, a lot of a body of water, and there are a few little rocks and islands behind her. She's blindfolded. There's a crescent moon above her, and she's holding in her hands two swords. She's got her hands crossed in front of her chest. So what this card is indicating to me is there are lots of things that we can't see right now. And these heavy, heavy swords, because she's got her arms crossed in front of her chest, it might be that she's she's blocking her heart, and she could be in a state of paranoia or uncertainty the the water behind her is calm it's uh it, it doesn't seem to be but it is there are ripples so it, it looks like she's got a lot on her mind and it may be heavy it may be a heavy mental burden for her the moon in the sky however is a crescent moon and to me i think this card represents going within your mind in a way where you are able to meditate and put these swords down. If there are these really rigid beliefs that you're holding on to, that you have to block your heart in order to maintain this stance or maintain this position or whatever it is, but you don't really know what the truth is. This is about getting in touch with that. It's not an easy card. There could be a difficult choice coming up. There could be a dilemma of sorts that you may encounter. And I would advise that around the new moon, you remember this card and see what's happening in your life at that time. And it will tell you what it is that you need to know and what you need to do next and what to think next. How can you change your mind about it so it's not so heavy on your heart? Greetings, Witchway listeners, and I am very happy to introduce to you my guest for this month. His name is Rod Turola, and he is living in Tokyo as a magician, and he runs a group called the Academia Magikai. Hello, Rod. Welcome to the show. Hello, Sorcha, and thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. I've been following your work for some time now. We actually haven't met in person yet, thanks to the <laughs> pandemic, but uh, we have uh, been in communication online and I have attended some of your magic courses on esoterica and whatnot. And I really am excited to talk to you about all things magical tonight. So can you tell us a little bit about your background? Where are you from and how did you come to Tokyo and how long have you been here? 
okay, so um, okay, it goes well all the way back <laughs> because I'm not that young anymore. Um, so anyway, I'm from from Italy, actually from Ferrara, which is um, a town close to between Bologna and, and Venice. And um, yeah, we have a pretty strong esoteric tradition there because that's where the Solabusca tarot come from, the Mantegna tarot. We have a, a pretty good ah, um, history. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, the University of Ferrara as well was, uh, you know, we had Paracelsus graduating there. We have Copernicus, Frequenius. So it, it's, it's kind of was, it was at least during the Renaissance time, a very lively place, wow. uh, which is really not now. Um, but yeah, and... Um, Actually, I came to Japan pretty early because I did some university here. So it was back in 1993, 94. And uh, then I've been pretty much all over Asia. I've been in Hong Kong for like 16, 17 years, um, many other countries. And then I came back to Tokyo in uh, 2014. So it's overall like around 10 years that I that I that I'm in Tokyo. And um, well, mainly the the yeah, studies and work, this, this is what brought me over and is overall what over uh, more than 30 years altogether in, in, in Asia. Wow, yeah. fantastic. So you mentioned that you uh, come from an area that have created some very famous tarot decks, is that right? Right, yeah. yeah. Wow, great. Can you tell us a little bit about um, your favorite tarot decks and what's your favorite tarot card and why? Wow. Uh, okay. I, I, I usually stick to the traditional ones. So, yeah, of course, Solabusca because it was created between Vittorio Ferrara and, and Venice. It was the, the original one. The Mantegna, which is not really a tarot, but it's more like a, a hermetic kind of a visual encyclopedia. And so I, I, I like to, I really like the traditional, the, the old uh, tarots. Uh, the one that I use the most, of course, is the Rider White because it's easier. Um, the Marseille as well, but I collect. I collect a few that are pretty uh, old. You know, the Mandane actually is from the uh, sorry, the, the Solabus is from the uh, late 1400. So it's, it's pretty back there, pretty back then. And um, yeah, so I, I like to collect and, and use pretty much the the, the old old cards. Great. Yes, I like the Rider Waite as well. It's very simple to read compared to yeah. some of the other ones. Great. Exactly. And what about your favorite card? My favorite card. I I don't I don't think I have a you know what I do usually for every year I, I choose a card. Um, mm. and it seems like I'm I'm always matching the year. I'm always like in some kind of forecasting was gonna happen to me. And uh, this year is, is really difficult here. And the card for this year for me was the temperance. <laughs> and I guess I <laughs> yeah, I really guess I chose this card in advance. It was late 2021 for 2022, and I guess I, I needed that. So I just the temperance and in fact I think it was a good choice because this, this this year is particularly challenging I think so I really think I need a lot of temperance um so I I, I basically use the cards um somehow integrating them into magical processes as well not only as a as a, a reading as, as a divination tool but also as a, a practical practical tool as well yes it's very helpful when things seem uncertain and uh 
difficult to navigate. Um, how often do you consult the tarot? I, well, every week or every other week, pretty much. Mm. If I have a good reading, I try not to read again <laughs> as much <laughs> as possible. <laughs> if I have a bad reading, then I try to, you know, I, I tend to read more often. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I would say every couple of weeks. Okay, great. Yeah, the bad ones are usually the tough, tough life lessons <laughs> ones, aren't they? It's like, oh, exactly. really? Okay, cool. So um, you come from uh, the Strega tradition in Italy. Can you tell us a little bit about that? What does that mean to you? Okay, so, um, well, my family, I, I, I come from a family that I, I, I like to call crypto witches um, because you know the, in Italy you know Italy, the, the tradition is is very there's a lot of shades in there I mean especially because we are you know we are a very strong Catholic country and a lot of things have changed so basically the crypto witches what I call the crypto witches are witches that they are witches but they don't know that they're witches so basically they don't really call themselves witches actually calling themselves witches is kind of like offensive but they are coming from this tradition like for instance i i as, as for as far as i remember in my house uh, my mother used to um use sage in the house and um uh, but if you ask her i mean she, well she's catholic of course she's catholic but you know she's burning sage she's burning herbs um for as long as i remember my mom and my auntie were reading cards to each other when I was I remember when I was a kid um, and then they always know where is the lady that takes out the evil eye in the countryside, where is the lady that takes out the fear with the oil they all know this kind of thing but if you ask them, of course they're Catholic you know what I mean, so this is what they call the crypto witches crypto witches, I like that so they were perhaps uh, following on a tradition that they inherited from their mother's Yes, it's a very it's a very folk kind of tradition. So, the Strega tradition is um, well in Italy. It's, it's really difficult to define it because it has, it's it's very uh, foggy where to draw lines. But we do have this 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 um, folk tradition where people most likely they don't even know themselves how, but they were taught by their mother and mm. the, from their grandmother and then they know that oh that lady you know can mm-hmm. if that know how to take out the evil eye this lady knows i don't know if you ever heard about the signature no okay, signature is these this people this folk people in italy that they they um they can heal they're kind of they're healers um mm. and and they use uh, some kind of formula or some kind of like olive oil water whatever and for for example if you have a, a problem with with your bones or if you have a problem with your um uh, eyesight or something they they uh, they do this thing that we call it segnatura they're, they're kind of healers and so they're really inheriting really this this witch tradition but they don't call themselves witches they they called they're more on the shaman shamanic side i think wow it sounds fascinating i mean i understand the concept of not actually like coming out and saying oh i'm a witch based on the history of um, persecution especially in very 
Christian countries like Italy? Basically, coming from from these things, you know, back then, as besides these these ladies, not want to be called witches, also because of course they are old ladies, and now witches took a different. Um, beside witches having a different and more proper um, allocation in the modern world. I think also the, the esoteric study or the occult studies, they were kind of like taboo. Like um, I was interested in these things ever since, since I was a kid, but it was not really a cool thing back then, really, honestly speaking. Um, it was, you're kind of weird. You were kind of weird if you if you pursue this kind of thing, study, I mean, especially as, as you mentioned in Italy, People try to, like, how weird is this guy? Uh, but nowadays, we are so lucky because we live in a, we live in a time where uh, universities themselves, they start to take interest in um, esoteric studies. I mean, we have the Amsterdam University, the Bristol University, um, Air Force University, that uh, even ha- recently Harvard University started a course in, um, uh, what is it, the psychedelic, psychedelic uh, related to the esoteric studies. Wow. So we live in an age, yeah, we live in this wonderful age in which like uh, the academia finally is is taking an interest in this kind of things. Um, so, and a lot of people, uh, a lot of like um, scholars are actually, maybe scholars that they did practice themselves, but they always kept the two worlds separate, like the world of research and the world of practice separate. Um, now they're more and more coming out and say, yes, I mean, we do these researches or we do this practice. So can you tell me a little bit about the Academia Magicae? What is it exactly and what kinds of things can people find within the group, within the realm that you've created? You know, there's a lot of snake oil sellers out there, right? So um, what I think is that the, the academia is providing a good foundation to give you a guideline of what is actually proven and what is actually solid. Mm. On the other hand, you have the practice, and the practice is very individual. Then I think um, the Academia Magica, what I'm trying to do is to put these two things together. So have the practice on one side, have your um, your ex- experiments, your 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 spiritual or, or magical uh, experiments and, and, and um, way to do things. But on the other side, also keeping an eye on the latest research, keep an eye on the latest um, academic findings in order to find a balance. So this is a way to keep, to steer away from those cult kind of things because you provide people some food for thought. Actually, it's the opposite of cults. You know, you, you just have people to uh, think for themselves. Yep. And provide them with some material that is actually uh, proven and studied and, and researched. And on the other hand, also have freedom of moving toward your own uh, calling, whether if it's on Wiccan side or, or like uh, ceremonial magic side or many other uh, paths that that person chooses to follow. Mm, there are many paths indeed. Um, is there a particular area that you specialize in, astrology or tarot or herb law or anything like that? Um, well, I well, I, I keep have a lot of uh, strong influence from my from my folk background, and this is pretty. It's, it's so strong that it's like pretty much imbued in, in my daily 
life and, and in your blood. Asked, <laughs> yeah, it's like when they ask me, so what is your magical, what, what do you do? Uh, you know, it, it's hard to separate it. I, I don't even know anymore what, what it, you know, is because of things that become so daily and so common that to me, like, uh, you know, sage in the house or like a burning incense or like a do certain things on a certain day becomes so normal that uh, it wouldn't be normal for right. anybody else. <laughs> but, um, and then of course I study, I do some ceremonial magic, um, tarot, of course. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot to mention as well that one of my aunties, uh, she was actually a teacher of, um, uh, she was a professor of Italian uh, history and literature in uh, high school. And then when she retired, actually she retired a few years ago and now she's a professional tarot reader. Mm. and yeah she's very successful I mean she has like a lot of Italian famous singers and actors lining up for a for a reading so wow. <laughs> she's, yeah she's, she's like she's doing so much better now as a tarot reader than before as a as a teacher as a professor in a high school anyway yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so it's quite integrated the the work that you do yeah, yeah, it, it's it, it's kind of integrated. And try and try to keep the folk side and the ceremonial side. Uh, you know, sort of. The, the two things are what I can see is that if you ceremonial side, it takes you too much on the abstract thing. Mm. The folk side is it takes you back to grounding. It takes you back to the element. It takes you back to uh, um, real. Thing. So I think you you somehow, I'm not speaking for everybody, of course, I'm just talking for, for myself, but I think you need a little bit of both, you know, mm. because ceremonial, you tend to be in your room, in your circle, in your kind of isolated, mm. while folk things, you are more in contact with nature, with more, you know, we have more chances to actually touch things, touch dirt, touch the ground. Mm. And yeah, I, I think the two things, uh, complement well each other I think mm. yeah I like that so the ceremonial side of it is doing the research it is knowing what sign the moon is in and what phase potentially and the folk side of it is so much more hands-on like the saging or using herbs teas making magical food or something like that right um, that sounds great. So um, do you do online events? Are you, are, are you coming back into doing um, events in person? I noticed on the group notice board that you have um, introduction to ritual coming up soon. Is that right? Yes, yes. We have a... Um, um we have a live, like in-person event, and we did, which we didn't do for a while. So, well, you know, the COVID situation and, and a lot of things. Um, so, we're going back to have. I'm trying to have a, a different activities on different levels. So, for the people that are in in Tokyo, um, this this workshop are a little bit more on the practical side. Um, while I keep, of course, the, the videos on, on on YouTube that are more on the academic side. And um, yeah, online as well. Online as well. It's, it's, it's pretty long time I didn't do something online, so I'll, I'll have to figure it out. Um, I think it's a different different level, but pretty much trying to put things together. You know, the people that you uh, know personally, uh, the people that you meet in person. Um, actually, oh yeah, last year we did a really nice thing. Last year we did a, a we call it a magic retreat. Mm. And uh, we went for a weekend um 
I forgot the name of the mountain, but it's, it's, it's pasta chioggi. It's on the top of the mountain. Mitake, I think it's Mitake-san. Oh, Mitake-san. Mm. Yeah, and we found a lodging and there was like 10, 15 of us. Wow. And, uh, yeah, we went there for the weekend, so we had time to, to well, we said, you know, enjoying time together, but we did a ritual at, at, at the night. We took, a, uh, there was a place and um, it was it was wonderful because it's like a supernatural kind of place and um, the whole lodging, I think in Japanese they call it gashuko, it's like, uh, you know, like a retreat, like, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah, it's great up there. I love Mitake-san. It's very powerful. The shrine at the top of the mountain there. Yeah, yeah. Just it's gorgeous. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. It's really nice. The nature is, is wonderful there. Mm. So this kind of activity, and then other than that, we have um, yeah, like this. You know, on the nineteenth, this this talk about ritual. So yeah, I'm trying to be a little bit more on the practical side when we are in person, and more on the <laughs> academic side um, on when when I'm like online or or um, on, on YouTube. Yeah. The Witch Way Spellcast with Sorceress Chisholm. You are currently listening to The Witch Way Spellcast with Sorceress Chisholm and I have been speaking with Rod Turola who is an Italian magician and witch and esotericist who runs the group Academia Magicae. And so you have a YouTube channel and you are going to be doing some live uh, meetups and events soon as well. How else can people get in touch with the group? Most likely where everything is condensed to is the website, which is www.academiamagica, which is one word, academiamagica.com. And there, there is the link to the Facebook page. There is the link to Instagram. There is the link to uh, YouTube. So, yeah. Great. Thank you so much, Rod. I have one final question for you, which I ask all of my guests. And the question is, what does magic mean to you? Wow, this is uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's magic. Like for me, you know, I, I come from philosophy background, like, right? So I come from philosophy background. So I see philosophy and magic pretty much on the, the, the two sides of the same coin. And what I always say is that we live in a world, we live in a society that we do need a spiritual connection. And um, as well as philosophy, like no matter how people think is useless, actually, is what is your is what saves you is what gives you the tool to be able to think and to uh, navigate through life so philosophy and magic is to me is like is the boat that allows you to to navigate through life and um, for this life and hopefully for the one to come thank you everybody for tuning in to the which way spellcast number 14 on june 14th how about that i'm wishing you all the best for this sagittarius full moon thank you to rod turola for an amazing interview i do hope you'll go and check out the academia magicae there's some really interesting youtube videos out there and so now I'm going to close the show with one of my original songs. This is a song I wrote when I was living in Melbourne, and um, it's called Pieces of the Sun, because it's the solstice. 
blessings of the solstice to you all, my friends, and I look forward to your company next month. Farewell for now. Take care. So
色。